Hi there and welcome to the first episode of 2022. This is a little bit different because this is the first episode of the Agile podcast that's not free to air. So you will only be getting this if you are one of our wonderful patrons. And so thank you very much. Paul is doing dry January. So we found a suitably appropriate place for our first episode of the year called the Sober Parrot in Cheltenham. And the Sober Parrot is part of the Nelson Trust, which does wonderful things for recovering addicts, completely dry bar, uh, mocktails and the like. And we started talking about how we start the new year. Turns out Paul and I start the new year very differently. And how the new year is quite naturally a great time to start something new, but also to stop things. That led on to different motivational strategies, how working with partners, with teams, can help and hinder our ambitions to start new things, get into new habits and so on. We also tackled a question from one of our new patrons, Dan Wicket, which was about transferable skills. So moving from job, from in this case, the scrum master to a product owner, were there any particular transferable skills? Anyway, welcome to the new format. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you find value in it. And if you are one of our legends, then we look forward to speaking to you on Discord on Monday about this episode. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you and have a great 2022. Take care. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Nice to see you. Cheers, everyone. Happy New Year, all. Happy New Year. As you can tell, we're starting the year uh, dry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, first episode of 2022. We're in a pub cafe called The Sober Parrot because Paul's doing dry January. I am. I am. And as a good friend, I'm supporting him. <laughs> so no temptation in his way. So yeah, we're at, a, we're at a cafe in Cheltenham that does non-alcoholic cocktails. Not at lunchtime, I don't think. No. So I'm, I've got a black Americano coffee and you're on the... I'm drinking uh, a can of San Pellegrino orange juice, orange, orange sparkling orange beverage. Now, the, the San Pellegrino grapefruit was... By far and away, my favourite soft drink. Soft drink was it? Until Isn't that quite changed. sharp though. Yeah, I love I love grapefruit. <clears throat> it's too I love much sharp. I like sour beers. I like sour yeah, sweets. Yeah, too much for me. So. But then they changed it because of the sugar tax. They took a lot of the sugar out, ah. and it doesn't taste very nice at all now. Ah. So they ruined it for me, anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, so yeah, happy new year. Yes. Happy new format. Yes, wow, new year. New format, it's a change. New platform. A bit of a change. Change is as good as a rest, isn't it, they yeah. say. Uh, so we've changed our platform, yeah. So we've changed from Podbean to Acast. Correct. Which means absolutely nothing to me, apart from the fact that it's part of our 
patron package. Yeah. So a little bit makes things easier for our, us and our patrons. Yeah, for all the editing and the uploading that I do, it makes it a little bit easier for me. <laughs> all of the back office work that oh, I yeah. do, the hours you put into that, Jeff. Yeah, and um, yeah. So this is going to be the first episode that people are going to have to pay for. Yes. So this is a this well, this is a test, isn't it? I think it for is. me at least. It I don't is. Know. If people aren't willing to pay ninety p for an episode, is that what it works out? Per, per, yeah. Per episode? If, you, if you pay. Because you can pay annually and get a ten percent discount. So if you a pound an episode, but if you pay a year in advance, it works out at ninety p an episode. Yeah. Which I think is about ninety five cents. <laughs> You've done the maths. Euro, Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Euro land, <clears throat> and about one a dollar, a dollar and a half. I don't know what, what, what the yeah, exchange rate is in the states. Dollar forty, maybe. Yeah. For in the states, less than a buck fifty, as they say. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, this is, well, we'll see. will people tune in? Yeah. I this is what we'll find out. Do you feel under pressure now? I do. I feel like we've got to up our game, yeah. our, our, uh, our content and our, uh, our chat. Let's see how it goes. It'd be good to have some, because we never really had any metrics. We had no idea really no. how many people were listening. No, no idea. And no one ever really commented on stuff. We, we, we encouraged people to, to join in the banter. Yeah. And the conversation on, um, on Twitter and things like that but never really had much engagement but now now one of our tiers will yes we need to talk, explain that don't we brief explanation yes for those of you that aren't uh, aren't aware of the changes so yeah now anybody who wants to listen to an episode there'll be uh, there'll be one a month at least yeah. then might, we might slip an odd couple in extra because we're great we're committing to one a month yeah and a pound a month uh, you would be known as a subscriber yes so our one and only subscriber at the moment, Alistair Hughes. Welcome, Alistair. Thank, Thank you, Alistair. Thank you for your contribution. If, if, however, you wanted to access all of the back catalogue of episodes, so I think at time of speaking, around about 150, give or take, yeah, yeah. then that's £2 a month, mm-hmm. and you would be known as a supporter. So cheers to Daniela Kingel, Ryan Ragstaff, Sarah Visca, our three supporters. Cheers Thank to you. you. Lovely. Thank you very much. Um, but there's more. Go on. There is more. Carry on, Jeff. You could also become a regular. Now, a regular, you get all those things. You get all those episodes plus bonus episodes. So you'd get an extra six episodes a year. Yeah. So that's 18 episodes a year. That's for £4 a month. Uh, or three pound sixty, <laughs> with if you discount. are paying uh, annually, and we've got a few of those. We've got a few regulars. So cheers to uh, Al Brown, to Raymond Lynch, to Gwen, Arthur, Peter Schmidt, and Johnny Sawyer. Cheers, cheers, cheers to all. all of you. Thank we you very appreciate much. Your your regular support. Cheers. So yeah, they're, they're a, they'd be our pub pub regulars, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. We'd but know it, them. We'd know them by name. They'd have a seat at the bar. Exactly. Probably. Yeah. Regular spot. Might but, even but, bring their own drink. Is there a, tell me Jeff, is there a tier beyond oh, that one? Oh, there is. Is there? Oh, yes. Is there even more we can offer? There is. I don't know why anybody would do this. <laughs> but if you wanted to become known as a legend. A pub legend. A legend. Have your name etched metaphorically into the brickwork <laughs> of our virtual pub. Just like Gareth Thomas. Yes. Ashley Akbari. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
John Cumming, uh, Andreas Wittler, yep. and Per, our good friend Per in Denmark. Yes. Then Per Muller, that is. Um, then you could pay £8 a month, and not only would you have all of those things, the 18 episodes as well, you could also join us for our, uh, our two, at least two, social distancing, private lock-in episodes. Yeah. And... What we're really excited about, well, we're, really, we're excited to test, and we have been testing a little bit already, is you can have access to our Discord channel. Now, I have to admit, I had to ask my son about <laughs> Discord, because it's more of a gamer's place, but from what I've seen, it's pretty cool. It so the idea good. is that at the end of an episode, so today's episode, for example, in a couple of days' time, we will invite our legends onto our Discord channel at an agreed time mm -hmm. where we will just spend some time discussing it. Go into a little bit more detail, just talk about it, answer some questions, ask some questions. Nice informal informal chat. Yeah. So that's that's how it all works. Um, and yeah, we're excited to see how it goes. Did we say cheers to those? I'm not sure if we well, did. I, did we not? Well, if we didn't, then cheers to a uh, double to cheers our legends to our legends and all our subscribers yes. and cheers supporters and regulars. Thank you very much. So, how has 2022 started for you, my friend? For me, um, yeah, with a bit of renewed energy, I think. Okay. Um, I think. Well. It always, oh, January always gets me that kind of. It gives me a sense of I want to tidy things up. Okay. Um, and that's that both in my professional and in my uh, personal life. I feel a, a need to cleanse myself of, of the December chaos. Mm. So how do you do that? What, what I mean, what, what do you do in that regard? So li literally, I will clear my desk at home. Okay. That makes me feel better. Throw stuff away, or file, or both. Probably both. Okay. I will try and reduce my inbox size to a manageable work in progress limit. Do you uh, have a magical number there? I'd say ten or less. When I, you know, I'll tell you what it is. On the screen, when I can see the bottom of my inbox, you know what? So I've got a big Mac screen. If so I can, you don't have to scroll. If yeah, if I okay. can get to an unscrollable state, it makes yeah. me feel better. Above the fold. Yes. Yes. So you see, or above the. Was it, was it on a web, web design? You, didn't, you, wanted, you wanted to be above the scroll I line. There was I can't a, remember what the, the word would have been. I know what you mean. Mm, okay. But that makes me feel better. Um, the house, the garden. I did some gardening this week, mm -hmm. so that makes me feel organised. Trimmed my wisteria, Jeff. Okay. That's not that's, that's of, not a euphemism. No, that's, that's the sort of growingy purpley stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it sort of go, goes everywhere. A bit yeah. like ivy, but prettier. Yeah. Okay. So that um, you've got to you've got to prune that twice a year. So I did my uh, winter prune yesterday, the day before. Gave it a good haircut and uh, rerouted some of it. Yes, that, that made me feel good. Yeah, it's just a kind of a getting you know getting and personally, I suppose as well. I've gone on a bit more of a, a fitness thing mm. I uh, had a couple of weeks of you know kind of food and drink and debauchery yes and generally just want to get back into so I restarted my gym membership oh um, well it's not gym membership I was fortunate enough that my rugby club was paying for gym membership up, up until Christmas they right. stopped that oh for uh, various reasons 
but I chose to, out of my own pocket, pay yeah. for a once once a week uh, gym session, which I went to last night. So that makes me, that's, again, and it's classic you know, Christmas thing, is that everyone restarts a gym membership in January. Well, I was saying to my son, so my son's 15, and he, 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 he's wanted to go to a gym for a while, but because he's under 16, it's quite difficult to, to get in places. Oh, is it? Yeah. <clears throat> so he found somewhere that he liked, um, but then limited, anyway, boring story, but basically we told him that expect a massive, um, yeah, it's going to get, yeah, gonna get busy, busy in January. Yeah, very busy, yeah. Uh, and so far it hasn't, that was the surprising thing. Yeah. So I don't know whether people are being lazy and you're the exception or... Well, in this class that normally there'd be four or five people there, there was 13 there last yeah. night. So see, them, that. see them drop but off. But that like will drop guys. off by February, I imagine, yeah. yeah. So when... Um, but yeah, I'm going to try and keep that up and... Um, I wouldn't say I'm eating any healthy. I'm still ploughing through my Christmas cake. Ooh, still going. So yeah, I've been, but I've been trying to eat smaller slices of. I'm still going to eat the whole cake. Don't get me wrong; it'll mm. take me a lot longer. Okay. So I'll still consume the same amount of calories, but it'll be over a longer period of time. That's fair enough. So I've been trying to be good about that. Still got oodles of chocolate to get through. Trying Didn't to. Didn't hear get you talk a lot about mince pies this year. Normally, you're a bit of a mince pie. Thing. Yeah, I had a few. I had a few, but um, yeah, they all. I didn't have as many as normal. I think the thing, the thing with me was this year was drink. I found myself in December, um, just every time I went out, it wouldn't be drinking a lot, but it would be a pint, yeah, yeah. and then another pint, and then and when you're drinking cider like I normally drink, there's a lot of calories in a pint of cider. Yeah, sweet, isn't it? Yeah, sugar mm. content's high. So I just I felt guilty. I think I I, I felt like I needed to rid myself well not rid it but just take a, a You're big a step back you a bit of a Catholic in hiding well no punish yourself guilt no I d- yeah self-flagellation I, I, I just felt I had to cut back a lot a lot I, I see whether it's just confirmation bias but I seem to have speaking to loads of people that are doing dry January this year um, but whether that's what I'm expecting to, to hear mm. but a lot of my friends a lot of uh, fellow rugby players are doing the same thing so it's uh, interesting so I, it's not that interesting but we talked before about motivation and yeah. how people are generally motivated. Bit of a bit of a oversimplification, but people are generally motivated either away from something or towards something. What you've described there, classic away from motivators. Yeah. Guilt. Yeah. Um, you know the, the fact that you've overindulged, and now you're going to try and set this rather than saying that you know, I want to I want to be able to run a marathon, or I want yeah, to yeah, yeah. look fit, or you know I want to fit in some new clothes. That towards thing, uh, and neither is right or wrong. But the towards ones generally last longer. Mm. Keep you going for longer. But anyway. Okay. What about you? What's what's um, the new year look like for you? Well, I think it's um, for me. It's not so much a, a clearing up thing. I I tend to do a lot of that at the end of the year. I can imagine you do. I can imagine you've got a pretty much a clear desk by yeah. the time the Christmas holiday started. Yeah. Um, I don't like the idea of that hanging over me waiting. Don't you? Yeah, sort of eat away at me. So yeah, I, I tend to get all that stuff done, and I'll have a clear inbox by the time I finish. Obviously, it fills up again. Um, but yeah, so it's not so much about tidying up. To me, it's about focusing, and it's a good for me. It's quite. It can be quite a productive month mm. because I. It, it, it's like um, an artificial starter's gun. Right. Where you're saying, right, go, and that burst of speed. And I've never really been one for long distance, <laughs> as you know. 
But you, I remember you texting me or something. I think it was literally the 2nd of January and you were back at the desk. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with me, I was doing anything I, I could yeah, yeah. to slow that start down. If I had an excuse to take an extra day to look after the kids or to take the kids ice skating, I would have, I would have done it. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah. I, I, I see it as a... I, I get that. I think I start the year with energy and think right I'm not going to waste this energy because I know it's not going to last mm. so I'll, I'll dive into I know in the past you know I've, whereas maybe it would take me just trying to put some kind of relativity to this whereas it would normally take me say a month to write a chapter I might write two in January because really? okay. I know I can get through things you know so you work longer hours then do you think or you just you think you're you're more fueled with energy during those hours I would Focus, maybe energy is not the right word. Focus might be yeah. more um, determination, resilience. Maybe I have that more in January. So, you know, I broke the back of some pretty boring, laborious, manual tasks mm. that I knew needed to be done, and I wouldn't have had the heart to do and do them in December. No. But now they're out of the way, um, and I got them out of the way. You know, in the first <laughs> week, brilliant, and. Knowing that there are people like you out there who are taking it easy, lazy, mean, gives lazy. me that idea. You can say lazy; it's fine. Gives me that idea that I'm getting ahead. You, you like to I mean? you like to be ahead, though, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. You like to be a front of the pack. Don't like to chase. No, yeah, I don't. I don't like yeah. So I think okay, I've got a head start here because yeah. I know that anyway. So there, but it's it's you know something that's come up a lot in the people that I'm speaking to them. How what are good ways? to start the year off or you know, renew yourself and, and, and get going again or renew a team or whatever mm. spring is usually the place where people do that spring clean that you're talking about isn't it mm. um, I don't know whether that's the same outside of the UK as well but that spring the idea of spring cleaning getting ready for the new the, the, the animals and new life and stuff like that but I think Christmas, New Year is a, another good time natural point for people to do that I think as well, so I, I noticed um, timings-wise, when we took down the Christmas decorations, which we did, I think, you're supposed to wait until the 12th night or whatever it is, but um, let's say we did it on the Tuesday the 5th, I can't remember what it was, it was, yeah. that, it was that week, and there's a sense there of, of okay, that's, that's a bit of a, a prompt. When you see that the house is, is bare of, you think, ooh, that could do with a clean or all yeah. that could do with repainting. And that, that, that kind of inspires us, me, uh, in our house to do something with it. So the thing that we've done is, um, again, this is just, I get a January feeling. Talk about growth, you talk about uh, re re revitalizing yourself, is home improvement, um, solar panels. Okay. That's what we want to do this year. And I, whether that's a, um, of something you think, okay, New, new year, new start, what positive impact can I have here? We're trying to say, how can we reduce our carbon footprint? How can we reduce you know, energy prices are only ever going to go up? How can we make more use of what we've got at home? So we've, we've had a few quotes already this year, um, in the last week or so for some solar panels. That's going to be a new thing for us this year, but with a bit of investment back into our, our own energy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I don't, can't see that that would have happened in November last year, but it's happened in January. Yeah, that's a that's a, yeah, that's a timing thing. Mm. 
because you feel, it just feels in the house, okay, we can start a new project. The other thing I was going to mention as well, you mentioned around teams, back to this gym thing. I don't think I would have joined a gym this month unless four or five other people that I had been doing it with have done the same thing. Interesting. So I think for me, whether this is just for me or I can imagine this applies to a, 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 any, any team, if we all agree we're going to do something, there's that little bit of not just guilt but social pressure that of, of to conform to what the team wants or mm. what, what the rest of us want. We can all see a benefit here. We're yeah. all, and it's going to be hard work, like going to the gym on a Tuesday night when it's minus four outside is hard. But if I know that four or five other people are going to go out and do the same thing, I'm less likely to back out. You pull each other along. I mean, there's, there's plenty of studies out there about how exercising with other people is easier. It's less painful, literally. Um, interesting to say, I would buy into that as well. My wife has a different view, okay. which I hadn't really considered before. Um, and there's an obvious caveat to it. But So she's taken up kickboxing. Okay. In January? Yeah, in January, okay. yeah. There's like those are special offers on at the moment. So okay. You can pay and you can go as many times as you want in the next six weeks, that okay. kind of thing. Free boxing gloves or whatever. So she thought I'd give it a go. Um, and she's a bit of a social media star in her own right. So lots of people commenting on it and one person oh I'd love to come with you. Now she deliberately didn't tell anybody, she didn't want to go with anybody, she okay. didn't want anybody else going with her. Okay. Um, and it wasn't because I don't, I don't want to be physically seen out of shape yeah. with my friends or whatever. It was more a case of if you have a gym buddy, then you're kind of dependent upon their whims. Mm. And it's the amount of times people make excuses. So, yeah, let's go to Thursday and then they drop out. Or, yeah. Thursday morning is a bit difficult for me. Can we change it? And it's just too much hassle. So it, it was more likely to cause her not to go because mm. there would be a, you know, I, I can't go this week or whatever. Mm. Which I hadn't considered, but I think it's a fair point. Now, mm. your case, if you've got four or five people, mm. then even if one person is difficult yeah. or drops out, then you've still got three or four putting you along. So I think mm. that's potentially a good thing. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? By the fact of putting it on social media, you are committing to doing it. Yeah. Maybe not to people that will be there, mm. but certainly to people who then will might tune back in and expect you to have done it. Yeah. So I think there's probably both. I think it's you know an easier way to... To not perhaps to do something on your own, but you're also committing maybe to, to an audience or whatever, the, whatever that might be, by still writing about it or taking a photograph of it, you're still committing to doing it. Yeah, you're increasing that sense of accountability. Yeah, the, just to yourself as well as to each other, to other people. I think it's, I think it's very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, bringing this back to Agile, I, I, any opportunity I can, I would encourage product owners and others within the organisation who who have responsibility for work to to cut. Take an opportunity to cut 10%, 20% of your backlog, mm -hmm. of your list of projects, of your to-do list, of your emails, whatever, just, just cut them. Yeah. Based on the principle that if it's important enough it'll come back. Yeah. And even if even if it does come back, your the energy you'll get from seeing a smaller to-do list, that idea of you're further along mm -hmm. towards completion than you were before, yeah. you get that boost. You're more likely to make time for that stuff. Yeah. The um, oh, there's a there's a there's a there's a term for it, a clever term for it. Can't remember what it is, but basically saying 
if you can create a situation where you can convince yourself that you are closer to finishing yeah then you're you're going to get more motivation from it mm. if you can see the finish line in sight mm. whereas if you think I'm only yeah I'm only one mile into a yeah 13 mile run yeah very true <coughs> my sister because my, my sister was came out running with me this was six months ago midsummer um, and she at the time she was used to running easily five to ten kilometers without thinking about it but because she was running somewhere else and she couldn't she couldn't see the route she didn't know when it was finishing yeah. she said it was awful whereas I know a five kilometers or ten kilometer circuit I know where I am I yeah. don't know how much further I've got to go without having to look at a watch or, or, yeah. a, or a device but yeah and I think agree being able to see it's the same with scrum isn't it the same with short you know you know when that sprint's going to end you know you know that that there's at least a chance to stop and take a breath I've got a different way of looking at that as well though go on then I'll throw, I'll throw in a, 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 on the face of it a completely unrelated term but just because I want to throw it in there latchkey intolerance the idea that if you need the toilet that need gets much greater as soon as you put the key in your front door because your brain knows that you're almost there <laughs> and so there's a, good, yeah, a lot of people suffer from latchkey intolerance they can hold it until they get near and then they can't and I think that sort of wind down that mental wind down if you know the end of the sprint is coming or the end of the 5k run is coming you'll start winding down now I was always taught at school not that it did me any good was sprint past the finish line so if you're in a sprint 100 meter 200 meter sprint don't run for the finish line run for a line 10 meters beyond it because if you're slowing down and someone else is still going you're going to get caught yeah. and I think that idea that, that for me is one of the, the things that people are concerned about with iterations with sprints is that you almost have this arc on a regular basis it mm. takes a bit of time to start then you get into the flow and yeah. then you have to come back down again and if you're condensing that then you've got more relatively more time at suboptimal flow yeah and I think that if I was if I'm on a if I'm doing an exercise for example and I know that I'm doing I've, I've got 10k mm. I will probably ease up the last 1k mm. and I would have to fight really hard against that urge mm. I don't know interesting so to, to relate this back to what I was doing this week at circuit training so the instructor will say in your last so you do like four sets of the same exercise and he would say in your last set is to either up the weight that you're lifting or increase the rate that you're doing to, mm. to try and counter that to try and counter the fact that oh it's the fourth set I can take it you know, yeah. I'm, I'm spent now I can I can relax a bit or I can I'll take it steady. In fact, what you need to do is the opposite is to push yourself a bit further. In a sprint, you wouldn't do that. Well, we, well, well that, would be, that would be high risk, wouldn't it? We would have very high risk. But it, it was yeah, it's like that. We will. I was always would always coach people to say don't take anything on the last two days because it puts it could potentially jeopardise that piece of work or your or put at risk what you've already committed to. Yeah. Maybe that's a bad thing. But if you look at that, if you flip that around, maybe we should be trying to incentivise teams to take on more weight. Well, it's a risk of iterative delivery, I think. Right, on technical integrity, I suppose. But also, I, I think the benefits that you get will significantly outweigh it, but there is a risk there of, of taking it easy in the last couple of days. And if you add that up over the course of a year, that's quite a lot of taking it easy yeah but I say the outwork it, it does 
you would outweigh it in the positive. The other thing I like to do is just try and make something a little bit nicer. Something that I'm going to carry on doing yeah. a little bit nicer. So in the, in the analogy of the workplace, rather than add a new feature, actually make something that's already there work a bit better. Yeah, a bit improve smoother. something. Yeah, either the UX or the flow or the responsiveness or the yeah. quality or whatever. Just get into that, that feeling of improvement. And also it doesn't have to be the product, it could be the way that that team's working. Processes. Yeah. Just do something that makes everyone else's lives a bit e easier. Mm. Might take a day of your time to do it. Like Dennis used to say, do you go, go away and read a book? You know, yeah. Go away and then take some time to reflect on that. And well, that's, that's another thing a lot of people do in January, isn't it? Is yeah. learn something new, yeah. take up a new hobby, a new habit. Or yeah. and most of them die out yeah. pretty quickly because they don't take them on sustainably or they haven't really understood the real value in doing it or, yeah. or, or got some intrinsic motivation for it. But it is a good opportunity to go away and learn something. Get into the habit of learning, I think, is what I would like to say. Rather mm. than actually go away and learn something, get into the habit of learning. So yeah. it could be a different thing every... You know, set aside an hour a week to just to watch YouTube or... Yeah. I mean, not some of the stuff my kids watch on YouTube, but something <laughs> entertaining, something useful and interesting and educational. Yeah. Having said that, my two-year-old was learning about trajectory the other day. Really? He was watching some kid's cartoon and they said, is this the right trajectory to get over the wall? No, we need to increase our trajectory. Thought, wow. Wow, okay. Right. Let's, let's wait until he comes out with the word trajectory at nursery. Wow. Mm. <clears throat> we also had a question actually, didn't we? Oh yes, we so can't forget that, from Dan. Our, yeah, one of our patrons, Dan, Dan Wicket, asked about... Uh, changing jobs, yeah, changing jobs is something that well, it happened a lot last year with the Great Resignation, right? But that was mostly changing companies, I think. Yeah. Dan was talking about changing jobs Roles. from yeah, yeah from a, a scrum master to a product owner, and whether there were any transferable skills, any sort of overlap of skills. Um, I know we've we, in the past we've done a sort of Venn diagram, haven't we, around responsibilities? Yeah, and I not necessarily thought we were doing one around skills. Yeah. Interesting one to do. What kind of skills would a scrum master and product owner both have in their locker, as it were? Yeah, I mean, there's very, there's a lot of generic. And when I'm doing this type of exercise in a class, training class, there'll be very generic skills that you'd think anyone in any professional environment should be showing. But there's probably human skills. Yes, just yeah, treating people like yeah, and being yeah, being open to be treated like a, like a human being. But I think, um, so yeah, other than just yeah, being able to communicate, I think, yeah, there's probably more specialised specialized or more um, expertise you'd be hoping that those roles would be um, amplified or, or certainly uh, worked on. Are there any that are similar to both, transferable? Um, I'd say um, is it a skill networking. Possibly. Yeah. So, being able to piece together, I suppose it's a, a system thing, but being able to look beyond the current, the current problem, I'd say. So, scrum masters certainly need to be able to see beyond just this team's the impact that this issue is having on us, but also where that the root cause of that might be. I'd like to think as well that product owners are not just 
not just making decisions for their own good, mm. but trying to look at the wider picture, the, the broader vision, and maybe saying no to certain things. To a bit of systems thinking. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, to be able to see beyond their current backlog or, or beyond their own personal Yeah, and it's not gain. both Scrum Masters and Product Owners, when it comes to systems thinking, it's not just about thinking about the big picture, I think it's, it's as well as that, it's the complexity of the big picture. Yes. So, you know, when, when we're doing... Um, Causal loops and things yeah, like that. Things like yeah, things like that, yeah. So, you know, this, this impacts here, this is a reinforcing loop, but also that has an impact there. And, you know, yeah, there seems to be some, some um, causation here. Is it or is it correlation with that? Just being able to interpret the run some experiments on it, test it, and that comes to you know, enhancing the product, getting feedback on the product, but also in terms of impediment removal within the organisation, because yeah. it's not a case of, well, if I just change this here, then it's going to have an impact. It's going to have a ripple here and a yeah. ripple there. And yeah. So yeah, I think you. I throw in. You said about decision making. Product owners will make a lot of decisions. Scrum masters, perhaps less so, but enabling the de the decision making of others. Yeah. I think is a hallmark of success in both roles. Yeah. Um, more obviously with the scrum master, but the product owner cannot, in my experience, be successful when they're making all the decisions. Mm. They can't. There's just too many. Mm. Um, and you won't have enough engagement. You won't have enough intelligence. You won't have enough buy-in if if you're not involving people and in sharing that decision-making power, but the right ones. Yeah. So enablement, trust, delegation, all those skills that go in with that, I think, would be transferable. Uh, I would say organisational skills, motivational skills, emotional intelligence I was in general. Say, I was going to say around empathy, which is yeah, emotion, emotional intelligence. Um, being able to understand other people's perspectives. But again, you could say you'd hope anyone, even team members, even you know, all parts of an organisation you would hope can show and demonstrate emotional intelligence. Tact, diplomacy, politics, all things. Who's more of a politician than Scrum Masters or a product owner? Both in different ways, I think. And depending on how empowered each person is within their organisation. Because a product owner in one organisation might need to be more of a politician than a product owner in another. Um, I think if you took the two roles as they are defined, then a scrum master would need to be more of a politician than a product owner. Yes. Um, but what I'm seeing, which, oh, maybe I'd be interested in what other people think about this actually, what I'm seeing is more and more product owners having less and less authority. Yeah, I'd say that's true as, as a general trend, yeah. yeah. So there's an, there's an acceptance and a, a growth of the role. I'd say it's the biggest, mm, that and Agile Coach. The, the, those are the two biggest growth areas, I would say, of roles that I'm seeing. But if anything, an Agile Coach on the whole that I'm seeing in the wild tends to have almost more authority than a product owner, which yes. is crazy. Yeah, and that's largely, I think, is driven by scaled um, the need for, or the, the desire, the quest for scaling. Because yeah. if you, right or wrong, organisations will determine if we need to scale, we don't need to scale product ownership, we need to scale our agile coaching capacity. And they'll look for a specialist, they'll look for an expert mm. who can lead them through that and almost yeah, um, spell it out for them. Which, of course, is 
in my opinion, never going to happen. But because it's an unknown. But yes, and if you look at certain scaling frameworks, you will see less and less of that product owner role and much more of those middle management layers to, to add governance and mm. conformance, which, again, it's not necessarily the right way to look at it. No. What would you, here's a different question then, what, where's the fight as, as a, if you are, let's flip it around, we're looking at, looking at commonality, Scrum Master moving to product owner, where's the, where's the, where's the challenge, the conflict going to be between what I did and what I need to do? Assertiveness, maybe, taking responsibility. Um, I suppose the different strategy is not necessarily consensus. So from moving from consensus away to more towards potentially more individual decision making. Well, you yeah, might have to make a tough call as a product owner. There would be a diff different balance. That doesn't have the support of a team. They might actually disagree. Yeah. Or we might have to suggest something we're going to do that the team disagree with. Yeah. A product owner will have to go out on a limb, as we say, yes. a lot more. They'll have to throw a little bit of caution to the wind, take a bit of a gamble, say, all right, I might, I might get it wrong here, trust yeah. me. I'm gonna, yeah. More than a scrum master will, perhaps. Um, you know, they're gonna have to do a lot more market research. They're gonna have to get out of the organization a lot more, speak to people outside of the organization a lot more than, than, a, than a scrum master will. Um, Influencing skills, being well, I able think to- they're quite big in both. But they're different, aren't they? Yeah, because they're influencing different people and different people are influenced in different ways. But in general, both roles require a hell of a lot of influencing. Um, but then, having said that, no, I'll stand by that. I was going to change it slightly because I was going to say you know, a lot of good product owners that I know don't necessarily you know, take on the marketing themselves. They'll have yeah. marketing, they'll have sales, they'll have advertising, they'll have copywriting, they'll have all that kind of stuff as part of their team that they can lean on but they still need to influence people they still need to build something that is um, a positive influence on the market and consumers and users yeah uh, so yeah I think that, that I thought, yeah that's probably the biggest challenge for me yeah for, um, for, I know that for me and it'd be interesting I'm not expecting Dan to be able to answer this question because he's not here but um I personally found it more difficult from my, my own traits that I know I have as a people pleaser. It's easier for me to try and get a scrum team on side um, as a scrum master to facilitate team agreements mm -hmm. rather than me to stand and, and disagree or, or propose something that's different to what everyone else wants. So for that reason, I know that I find product ownership harder than I do Scrum Mastery. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's just me, that's my no, I think that's, that's, that's fair. I think it, it challenges different aspects of our personality yes. and it challenges different insecurities that we have. Yeah. So, yeah, product owner will, will often really struggle if they are a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. Um, and they, they know that they can't please everyone. So that's going to be going to be a big part of it dealing with uncertainties becomes a little more normal we've we've probably asked this question before on a on one of our the backlog of many podcasts yeah. which people can get access to now um but 
would you say because do, do you think product ownership I'm sure I've asked you this before is it, is it can be grown we talk about you know, new year new growth can you grow product owners or should you be growing product owners nurturing them or can you um, parachute in product owners both both I think you can so I've seen I've seen both um, there's advantages as I say to, and disadvantages to both yeah definitely definitely I mean I was I came across um, I, I don't know I haven't I haven't checked this with a scientist but apparently over the course of seven years every single cell in our body will have been replaced really renewed, um, changed so yeah we are a completely 100% different person to the one we were seven years ago mm. but gradually and so whether we like it or not we're changing we are renewing yeah so maybe make it a little bit more mindful but uh, so a product owner yes they can be grown I think with coaching all of the hard skill with training all of the hard skills can be learned with coaching and experience all of the soft skills can be learned and developed there will be limits some people will naturally be more suited to it than others um, and I guess a part of it is time, you know, how much time do you have and how much time do you want and how much of a long-term relationship do you want with that person? Um, yeah, I, I, I see product owners for hire, contracts come in, sort it, move on. I think that's a lot easier to do than a Scrum Master parachuted in, personally. Mm. Especially if that person has expertise and history, track record in that product space. Yeah. They can be poached, they could be yeah, brought in. Because, um, again, I'm, I might be misquoting this, but I'm sure in a previous version of the Scrum Guide or in Ken's original book, I'm sure I didn't dream this, but I thought the original guidance was if the product owner isn't available, the Scrum Master takes that position. Yeah, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So that's a good test if you, if you think, I can do this product owner stuff. Maybe ask the product owner to take a day off and step into their shoes. Yeah. See how, see how you fit. I would encourage that um, shadowing. Yeah. I'd love, you know, I think product owners who, see, who spend a day with a scrum master to see what they do, and scrum masters who spend a day with the product owner to see what they jobs, do, I think job, it's incredibly, share, yeah, it's incredibly enlightening. Um, builds a bit of empathy as well. Yeah. I, th- I would thoroughly recommend that. Mm. Yeah. There's some very experienced product owners that I've worked with and that, that I still coach now and know now who I think would be excellent Scrum Masters. Um, and I think there's a, you know, flipping it the other way, if you know the framework, if you've, if you've seen a, scrum, a good Scrum Master do what a good Scrum Master can do, you'll think, I can copy that, I can do that. Probably likewise with a good product owner. If, you can, if you're working with a strong product owner, a good product owner, I think you can emulate or copy what they're doing. Well, yes. The, the one part that I want to pick out on that one is if you work with anyone who's very, very good at something, they make it look easy. You've said about they make it, good athletes make things look like they're doing slow yeah. motion, don't they? It's yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and observing something, yes, now I see it, I can see how that's a good thing. Mm. Are you able to notice at the point in time that that's what's necessary? And then do you have the courage to actually do it? And also, what's going on behind the scenes? I suppose you yeah. don't really see what's how many hours they're putting in yeah. when they're not in the office or whatever that might be. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I would, I would love to know 
how people are starting this year are they yeah just carrying on as they were before are they hoping things are going to be different are they being more intentional about it are they renewing are they trying to learn upskill you know add something to their toolbox strengthen something that's already there are they completely changing i'd love to know what people are doing um yeah so if anybody is listening bit the big if if anyone is if anyone is listening yeah then um get in touch we're still there yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. We're still there on LinkedIn and awesome. my community. Instagram, all sorts of places. Yeah, all sorts of places. So reach out, if, uh, even if you're not going to be one of our legends, and talk this through with us on Discord. We need to actually put, we're going to put this out, aren't we? So we're going to say when it's going to be. So it's yes. going to be Monday. We had it in the diary, didn't we? I'm going yeah, to just double so check this. That would be Monday the 17th. 17th. Yeah. Uh, lunchtime 17th of January Monday the 17th of January 2022 what time did we say 12.30 yeah lunchtime yeah for an hour 12.30 Greenwich Mean Time yes yes so Central European Time minus one yes yeah it'd be lovely to lovely to have a chat with you let's see what you think if we don't hear from you then have a wonderful wonderful start to the year and maybe we'll hear from you and speak to you again sometime during the year yeah see you next time cheers everyone cheers